Welcome to the Time Travel Journal podcast series. My name is Sumaya Sodik Ojibara. I will be taking excerpts from my book, Time Travel in My World, and let's travel some of the way together in yours and ours. I hope that I can reflect on some of the writings that I've already shared in the book, and I invite you to find meanings that may also present you the opportunity to form, reform, and transform. In this podcast series, the hope is that I can unpack some more, some of the thoughts and ideas, some of the experiences and emotions that may have informed or inspired some of the writing. I'm pretty excited about this. I hope you are too. So thank you for joining me. chapter Amana. I met a young man yesterday. He stopped me at the mall to market a charity initiative. He was well presented in his dressing, simple and neat, friendly and persuasive but not pushy, and he was very respectful in his approach. When I expressed the reservations about committing my money and told him I wanted to think about it, he was gracious in defeat despite the disappointment on his face. He seemed genuinely attentive, albeit showing him some welcomed awkwardness, which I choose to see as an acknowledgement of the age difference and my presentation as a Muslim woman in hijab. He asked he was a, if I was African, that was a first, and if I was Nigerian. The Yoruba, American, British, Kana, Aussie accent gave me away, I guess. And when I said yes, he chuckled and said his parents would most likely be cautious about his sales offer too. The young man was African, was of Yoruba ethnicity from the western part of Nigeria. I was impressed by this young man. I commended him for his courage and good character and invited him with a flyer to a workshop I was facilitating. I was startled by his sudden burst of excitement after one look at the paper. Long story short, it turns out he was the son of a known community leader involved in the event. I knew of him through his mom, but had never met him. The many insights I take away from this meeting, the main one from my reflections there, is that I am excited and grateful to God that he gave me a glimpse into a future of many young people, starting with my children, who go against the grain, who knock over a little at a time, varieties of negative young and black stereotypes, perpetrated by both sides of the divide, who are exploring and searching for their place, for where they fit. Now, maybe this young man, like many of them, are eligible for a slob award. We could judge if we had a chance to see his room or him at closer quarters. Perhaps he gives the quintessential teenager attitude to his parents. I can take all that for a few more years, albeit with a lot of bated breath, exasperated and exaggerated stories of grandeur or back in my day, to deal with many moments of frustration and real fear for their future. 
I can survive the dreaded and sadly for some, sometimes dreadful youthful years. If I get glimpses of the assurances, timely proofs that our children are learning and taking it a lot of the training we're giving them. That they're demonstrating values we're instilling in them, growing right with principles and personalities of their own. And that inshallah, by God's will, with faith and trust in God, despite the tapestry of trials in present times, we can look at our youth, reassure and affirm that they are going to be alright. Diamond lights. Stand out like a diamond. You are specially created like no other, designed by God extraordinarily in his order. Each part made purposely for a great purpose, for the best you can possibly be. Sparkle bright like a diamond. Let your light reach far and near. Tread with care guided aright without fear. Go forth with faith into your future, with promises of good, inshallah. Stay strong like a diamond. Days may darken when shadows tower. Let your path be lighted with prayer. Work hard. Play good. Believe in you. Shine by God's will. Sure you can. Imagine my surprise. I don't want to say that I was startled because it was more than that. But I suppose I, I was a bit startled when I think about it. When this good-looking young man, African-Australian, come to me in the mall. This is not a strange thing to see. Uh, people selling to you but there was just something about the way he approached me that made me stop which uh, sometimes I would do and sometimes I would decide I I wasn't going to maybe sign off or give to the initiative they were doing or maybe I was in a hurry but I certainly wasn't um, very keen to just talk and give false hope or be persuaded into something that I wasn't ready for so often I wouldn't when I did it would be out of uh, genuine curiosity at least so it was something about this young man when he walked to me that made me stop he looked sincere he was calm he wasn't in my face he was a gentleman he was so respectful I think that was a big part of it he was very respectful it wasn't a false smile which is what would be some of the um, tactics that were used or some kind of uh, statement to grab my attention which would be sales gimmick as well there's just something genuine about him. 
It might be that there was just that shared recognition of our race, which often happens where you might see someone that looks like you. Um, and there's a head nod of acknowledgement. I know many people would say that they do experience this at times when you're in a minority and there's something distinguishing about your features where you both recognize each other and um, you pay tribute and a moment's passing. So when he came to me, I was, I was um, already a little bit receptive. <clears throat> and so when we started to talk about it, he told me what it was, what I could do. And I listened, and um, like I said, he held himself. With grace and restraint for someone who was uh, young like that and um, in a job that, uh, I don't know, I suppose they're taught to be very energetic and smiling and just full of um, positive vibes they might have taught them. But he did it more from a place of um, an offer, not a demand. And so I listened and I felt that I could also show him that respect. So I listened and I said, look, this is not for me. And even though he was disappointed, he was um, gracious too, you know. I liked that. He wasn't desperate. Considering that uh, some of those jobs depended on commissions, the number of people you got to sign up, he wasn't desperate. I liked that. And in that instance... Not only did we recognize something that we shared, but on, on a larger level, but on, on, on a deeper level as well. It turned out I knew his mom and I was familiar with him just based on what the mom had told me, but never met him, never knew what he even looked like. It was so good to see because there was a lot about him as well as what he represented that I, I really welcomed. I wrote this at a time where we were talking the, the news was full of one supposed gang or the other where um, when a crime was committed you know when the person was black or Muslim they were quickly identified as black and or Muslim and yet when it was somebody of Caucasian um, identity, there was some, you know, um, way that he would be identified, that they identified him. So it was in that time, that period of time where what we were being taught, what were being shown was always about this particularly the, the young men 
who didn't have dreams, who didn't have um, home training, who were just interested in going against rules and regulation, who were antisocial, who were destructive, who had no value, who had to be treated or taken a certain way. And I'm not saying that one person can decide for a whole group of people. I'm just saying that one person can certainly not be used to describe a whole group of people. So I'm not saying that this young man that I've met will represent all the young men of African ethnicity or should I say race. But I'm certainly saying that for me, apart from my own sons, apart from so many brilliant, amazing young people, men and women, who, despite uh, some of those associated behaviors of, of the developmental stage, are individuals that will potentially become the leaders that will lead communities and countries to greatness. And that our inability to see some of that in them from now and to only see the parts that you could say is present on any other youth from another race or color. But then that is usually dismissed as youthfulness, foolishness. So I welcomed that. It was really good to see. And I liked that the way he conducted himself could teach people a thing or two. It wasn't about coercing me into signing up for things that I may not eventually need or want. It was about inviting me to participate in a cause that he was that he was promoting. And that was the respect that was so that is often missing from some of these interactions. And the meanings that I took from that for me was really about hope more than ever before that we might go to his house and find him probably leaving in, in a room full of um, unwashed clothes or piled high with dishes or we might 
define him as uh, someone who would have, you know, maybe arguments with his parents or some certain behaviors that are not desirable. We may even find him, as it may be with some other people, really struggling with some choices right now. But it doesn't mean that they do not have potential to succeed, to achieve, to be great, to contribute meaningfully to the society, to be leaders. To be those who would make breakthroughs in science and arts. Who would model to the world what is possible. It doesn't mean that at all. Just glad to see that. And I, and I think for me also on a more personal level. Just being able to see that. Um continues to reassure me as a mother where I know that it might be frustrating at times it might seem like some of them uh, have just taken oaths of silence and grunting is the new language or they yes, no not really don't know, mumbled And it also took me to a place of much gratitude for the young people that I am blessed to birth and care for in the world, whom her, mashallah, tabarakallah, may Allah bless and protect them, amazing young people who are loving and caring. I still would have liked them to do more vacuuming and wash the dishes. Yeah, but <laughs> when I come across young people, and I'm privileged and quite blessed to work with a lot of young people, I am just so inspired by what they're doing and the potentials that they, they show. I am ready. I am very keen and ready to be led, to be shown. To be present for the reveal. I pray that you and I are preserved in life. With life to witness this as it has started happening. And this young person, <laughs> uh, I have met... In a couple of other programs, and I've heard him speak, and I can see, yes, assertive, well-spoken, articulate, principled, respectful, knowledgeable about his culture. Navigating the world with... Um, what he has right now and I'm, and I'm grateful that I'm grateful for his parents 
and I'm grateful that we get to share in some of that and I pray that um, we also can bring up children to the best of our ability who are this and more and I follow it up the second part of the excerpts I shared, which is a poem, Diamond Lights. Where the most important thing that I want our young ones to know is that they are diamonds, that they have diamonds in them. But knowing that you're a diamond, carrying around diamonds in you is not enough. You have to let those diamonds shine. You have to polish them. You have to use them. You have to let them bring beauty into the world. You have to allow yourself to see those diamonds so that you don't wait for permission to shine. Because you already created so. And the beauty of a diamond are so many. You talk about its color. You talk about its clarity. You talk about its cut. You allow yourself to see that it is not enough to carry a gem in you or gems in you. It has to be utilized. It has to be used to carry out what it was created for. And that there's no one like you. There's no diamond like you. You're your own unique diamond. And so you have to allow the glow of that light to fill you and lead you. And even when you get to points where it gets really dark, where the shadows tower like giants over you where whispers linger and loom over your thoughts and your emotions you have to use the diamond
have to understand the purpose and you have to use it. And when you can picture the light that sparkles and shines on a diamond and how it may light parts for you as well as for others, let those lights, the sparkles, be that filled with prayers, hard work, play. But importantly, know that you have no choice but to shine. Because that is God's plan for you. And that you can do. Our last leg on the journey today. Thank you. Thank you for coming along. Thank you for being present with me. Thank you for participating. you didn't just um, listen you followed with your thoughts you accompanied me with some of your own experiences as well and today this moment for this travel So that share, take us to those planes either as a parent or as a young person. To pictures and possibilities. To potential and purpose. A picture of a person that I met who displayed character, good character, who exhibited outside of the stereotypes that are often perpetuated and promoted, who broke the idea, not that there was uh, any formed one, but with his conduct, broke the idea that there are no potentials beyond the narrative of antisocial behavior and destruction and no ambition. The narrative that only people that belong to a certain race subscribe to a certain belief where the ones who are no good because I <laughs> it was about potential it was also about the purpose that I saw 
very, very clearly in the way that you approached. And by the way, I later heard that as at that time, he had about three jobs. He was studying. He had his own small business. He was also working with a couple of other things. Uh, I think in even two places. So I, I got to hear more about him. So I hope that today, if you're a parent or caregiver, an uncle, auntie, a grandma, grandpa, a teacher, a youth worker, a person who has, who is placed in positions of engagement and interaction with a young person, I hope that we continue to, if we haven't, create spaces where young people, where young person can explore those potentials. But in order to do that, we have to see them. We have to clear our own eyes of the pieces of wood, the films that cover our eyes based on certain projections of our own youthfulness or lack of it. We must also clear our thoughts of certain projections that we just put onto them or at least understand them even if we can't clear them. We must engage with young people from a place of responsiveness where we're able to negotiate rather than annihilate, annihilate, where we want to just raise them to the ground in order to bend their will to what we think should be right. Again, notice the word negotiate, where we as trustees, we care for them. Continuously check the strength of our hold over them, on them, to see whether we're choking them with love, nevertheless choking them because our hold is too tight. We must then understand that their purpose may not necessarily be ours or, or the way we have conceived it for them. And even if we don't understand or agree or we're heartbroken about some of the choices they're sure to make, that we take on positions of homes to them where they know they can always come back to, no matter what. I'm not asking us to stop being who we are. Neither am I asking us to worship. Make them into gods and worship at their feet. Or worship them. I'm simply saying that more than ever before, our young people need us. But they need us 
to be for them in the way that is best for them, not just best for us. And that we must also understand this in the context of the environments that we're in, where we do not have expectations that are not aligned to the reality of the environment that we're in. In which case no one is happy not you or them i hope that if you're a young person listening to this that you hear us that you hear that we love you we care for you and we want the best for you even if we don't always know what that is and even if we don't always agree i hope that you will hear that we expect you to shine not that you won't make mistakes, not that you won't make bad choices or wrong ones, but that the shine that we see in you is the good that we know you carry within you and that no matter what, as long as you're able to believe that even when you don't see that light, there's always and all very tiny, a flicker of possibility that no matter the roads you take, there's always one that remains for you to take in order to find your way back or your way to. I hope that you were here, that when we ask you to shine like a diamond, it is not just to put pressure on you so that you, we, we set you up to fail. But we put pressure on you as it is done to a diamond because we know that what a diamond does give is that it has capacity to conduct energy and that in conducting that energy it takes you to the places in your heart, your soul, your mind, your body and empower you to do whatever it is you need to do to succeed. I hope that and I'm smiling as I say this. I hope that you would live joyfully as a young person. That you would discover. That you will explore. But you must also do that with some level of discipline and restraint. You must find and start to, if you haven't, you must find and start to develop some of your own values in addition to the values that you have been brought up with that good values that you also must start to create from here on your own legacies because every minute you grow every month every year you add that is added to your age takes you that much further in your life which means that there are some others that are coming behind you. And so those legacies are things you can start to build now. You're not too young for those things. And that you have to work hard. You can't just dream and expect things to fall into your hands. You have to work hard. And that rewards can be sweet. And that there can be results that can take you to places of sweetness 
even if it's not just now. That sometimes you will cry, sometimes you'll be in pain. Those are not indicators that you have failed. It's an indication that your life is also filled with challenges. And those challenges in itself might be the things that can become catalysts. Things that can start you into those spaces that you've been destined for you. But you've got to do the work. Got to do the work. You can. It's possible that you may have noticed that this is a subject that um, this is an area that I am very passionate about. And I hope that we will have more travels into places like this. And that some of the conversations that must and I hope will come from this will be conversations of how, where, when, but there wouldn't be a what because we know that is already established. You're a diamond. You have to find out. You have to see it. You have to believe it. See you again soon.